up in the sky. Look, it's captivating. It's energizing. It's Alliance's Heroes. Alliance's is the destination for entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, inventors, leaders, celebrities, and startups. Where our heroes in business align. Now, here's your host flying in, David Kogan, founder of Alliance's. All right, you gotta love that music. That was actually custom-made music for the show. That was actually custom-made music for the show, so I'm so excited. And by the way, again, keep the feedback coming. Keep it coming, especially when I recently had on to the CEO of Steinberg Sports. So make sure you go to alliances.com. That's E-L-I-A-N-C-S.com because it is, it is, it is. The only place where entrepreneurs align and where we meet and really get to know others that have made a difference in the community, helped others, how they got to where they got to, and the magic that happens, and how we all truly do have that superpower. So let's get started. All right. He's a former running back for Arizona, New Orleans, Washington, executive Washington commanders, and author of A Dream Worth Fighting For. With that, welcome to the show. Drum roll, please. Tim Hightower. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It is a true, a true, true pleasure. Pleasure. So thank you. Absolutely. And and you could be reached, by the way, you could reach him going to Instagram or on Twitter at Tim Hightower. All right. So Tim, first of all, boy, you you played for a number of different teams. You've had a great career and stuff of that. So so talk to us. What it was like was uh, first of all, uh, you know, we're broadcast. We were we're based in Arizona and stuff of that. Yeah, so I yeah. gotta ask you, like, what was it like, you know, running back for Arizona? Man, look, I I, I love my wife still to this day. She she wants us to get a place in Arizona. So that stay tuned. We that that may be uh, home for for some part of the year at some point. Uh, we've got young kids now, so. Uh, but no, I, I love my time there. I'm, I'm fortunate for that organization, the Cardinals. They they gave me an opportunity to realize a dream, right? That, that's where I was drafted in 2008. Was fortunate to play in the Super Bowl in 2008 and, and spent three three tr- uh, terrific and wonderful uh, life changing years there. Um, and so it was special. It was special to be out there in the valley and build a lot of relationships. And I still keep in contact with a lot of people there. So what's it like, Tim? You know, you go through all of this training. All I mean training both of the mind and the body and like the soul. I mean, every part, you're putting everything into it. You know, you get drafted and you're going out on the field for the first quote pro game and stuff like that. Like what just, I guess, what, how how do you even describe like the sensation? Because all of this years, all this, I mean, it's agony to get to that point. And now you're on the field. Yeah. You know what? It's it's surreal. Uh, it's one of those things where you have to you're you spend so much time preparing for a moment. Right. Like I started playing football in the fifth grade. And so there's so many football games. And like you mentioned, training and injuries and recovery and you know all these things to finally get to that moment. It's it can almost be overwhelming. Right. It can almost be overwhelming. It's like it's like the thought of something sometimes is is like that anticipation. But then when you get in, you're like, oh, what do I do? You know, and so I remember that just even the early days in training camp and navigating that NFL life earlier, those first games in in the season. 
you go from being a college kid sleeping in a dorm room, maximizing your, your meal swipes on, on campus to next thing you know, you're a pro, like you're a pro. You're expected to be a pro, perform like a pro, hire, fire people, you know, all, all these types of things. Um, when before football was just a game to you, it was, it was a game that you loved to do as, as a young kid. And, and the amount of pressure too. you know, I, I don't think people, you know, from, from a fan point, we have no idea really. We, we know it's tough. We know it's hard, but you know, yeah. we don't know all the, all, all the amount of pressure and stuff. Um, t- talk to us about that part of just. Yeah. So look, I was fortunate to play my first year and, and I remember second game of the season, we're playing the Dolphins and. It's at the two-yard line. I fumble the ball. Fortunately, we get it back. We score. But we're, we're in film, film study the next day. Todd Haley, offensive coordinator, he, he tells me to stand up. And he says, look, I have five daughters. When you fumble that football, you're taking food off of my daughter's table because I'm probably not going to be here. And I'm going to be here. So either you're going to learn how to hold on to that football or else you won't be here. I mean, this was my second game in the NFL, and it was just like the – that sense of every single day, there's accountability. And it doesn't matter how great your game was yesterday, how great your practice was yesterday. If you're not producing at a high level day in and day out, there's no shortage of talent of people who want to be in your shoes. You will be replaced. So you don't have room to make the same errors. You don't have the room to be injured. Like you got to get it right. You got to fix those things that you're supposed to fix. And you got to produce at a high level consistently year in and and week in and week out. And and you know what? That's just like the Alliance's Hero Show. I got a performer. We're going to lose everybody. But that's why I've got people like you coming on that make a difference because you're watching, listening to me, David Kogan, host of the Alliance's Hero Show. But more importantly, we have with us Tim Hightower, former running back for Arizona, New Orleans, Washington, executive, Washington commanders, and author of A Dream Worth Fighting For. You can reach him on uh, Instagram, uh, and also Twitter. Make sure you get his book. We're going to talk about that in a minute, A Dream Worth Fighting For. All right, so Tim, things are going great. Everything's moving along. And all of a sudden, something happens. Yeah, what something. happened in 2011? Yeah, so look, for, for those who don't understand, I mean, I don't assume everyone understands football as a business. And your fourth year is really that 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 big year. So the average NFL career is three years. And so most guys, if you're not drafted first round and you get a, a 10 million, 15 million, $20 million signing bonus, most guys make good money, but they don't make money where they can live off for the rest of their life. And so it's those, that fourth year where that's your contract year. If you're able to you know, perform well and get that second contract, now you can set yourself up to where you have some options and some choices when you exit the game. I'm in that fourth year, right? So I had I'd worked hard the first th- three years made a name for myself. And that year four, I'm off to a, a great start. I'm traded back, you know, to Washington, my hometown where I grew up and things are going great. And next thing you know, when the matter of the average NFL play is three to five seconds, in a matter of four seconds, my life changes. I feel something shift completely in my knee. And I'm sitting there thinking, no way. Not, not, not now. I'm happy. You know, we're eight games into the season. I'm off to a great start. Not now. We're, we're talking about life-changing contract uh, on the verge of it. And then, as you know, it was, it was snatched under me. And six months, six to eight-month rehab turned to almost four years out of the NFL before I got back. Four years. Yeah. And that was because you tore your ACL? 
I tore my ACL and the next thing, and then there were a few infections and repeated surgeries. And so five surgeries later, four years later, uh, I made, I was fortunate to make it back. All right. So four years goes by. That's like a hundred years. eternity. Remember I told you the average NFL career is three years. So that's, I was out longer than most people were in. And so to be able to make it back, it it was definitely a, um, it it was, was, I'm very fortunate. Um, it's a, it's a rare, very, very rare. I'm not sure if anyone's done it from the standpoint of coming back from an injury being out that long. Um, All right. Let's book a world's records for that one. (laughs) All right. So four years goes by and then talk to us then what happened next and you know, how you perform this miracle. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot and which is why I wrote that book. Right. I I think it was one of those things where my, my head was down. I was focused on the next task, next task. You get back in it. And the next, you know, you're talking to all these people like how in the like, what were you doing in the middle? You know, in, in the interim, like how did you get back? That's so unheard of and, un, and rare. And sometimes we don't appreciate the things that we, we take certain things for granted in our life. And there's some lessons and some principles that I, at the time I didn't even realize that I was tapping into. Right. That as you start to connect and hear the stories of others who have lost jobs and, and businesses failed or relationships or. Uh, illness and somehow made it back or, or, or had success, there's some principles and some common uh, threads that connect you to those individuals. And that's what led me to writing this book and, and sharing the story. Yeah. And that's amazing. It's, it's the thing is, is so, you know, during that period of time, and again, this probably ties to your book and stuff of like that, but how do you just not go into like a significant deep depression and be like, you know what, this is it. I'm done. There's, what else am I going to, I mean, like I'm done. I did. I did. And that's, and that's part of it. You know what? And that's one of the first thing I talk about is acknowledging what happened, the trauma that happened. Right. You know, cause for after I, after I had the, uh, the initial injury and I'm sitting there in that doctor's office and they, they placed the MRI up on the screen and it's, it's not good. When that doctor walks in that office and you know, he's got that look on his face, he or she, you know, it's, they're, they're going to give you some, some bad news, but worse than probably they anticipated, right. They don't want to give it to you. So now I'm, I'm, trying to figure out what's going on. But more or more important at the time, I refused to acknowledge that it happened. I was like in this fog for like a week or two, probably up to three weeks where the team is saying, hey, Tim, you got to get surgery. And I'm thinking I'm not getting surgery. I'm thinking if if I don't if I just ignore it, it'll go away. Right. And what I didn't realize and what I learned was the more I, I failed to realize and acknowledge that my life had changed. The, the longer I was prolonging recovery and, and coming out on the, of this on the other side. Right. And so, yes, I went into that. I went in, into that, you know, intense depression and sadness. And, and it was like a roller coaster. But at a certain point, you make like a resolve. My chips are all in. I'm getting back. My wife is with me. I'm committed, whatever it takes. Now, after I made the decision, I've grieved it. I made a resolve. What now? Right. But it's like until you acknowledge it, until you grieve it, you can't move forward. And so you, again, author of A Dream Worth Fighting For, you can pick that up on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and so on and stuff of that. And so talk to us, uh, share with us. So what do you hope people get out of this book by reading it? Yeah, look, I I, I firmly believe and I understand this idea of purpose is, is, is thrown around very loosely now. Right. My mother put. She told me and instilled purpose in me at a young age to be purpose driven. And I became obsessed with this idea of everything that I did. 
that I was created for a purpose and, and that my, my actions matter. And I believe that we all have those things that, that, that something we're supposed to contribute to those causes, those relationships. But at some point in our life, they get silenced. Those dreams are silenced. We have failure or again, fail, you know, failed relationships. It's not going to fail, but relationships don't go as, the, as we thought they would or unexpected health or our careers are derailed. And the more and more we, we hit those obstacles, it almost kind of like silences those dreams and make them, and make them become even less and less um, reachable and feel like that they're possible. And at a certain point, we then just start to go with the flow of survival and, and what we should do for now. We're not dreaming. We're not going after and creating the things that are innate to us and, and, and the reason what's unique to us and, and what we can contribute to the world. And so for me, for somebody who fought for that dream, I want to challenge others to fight for those dreams that are placed deep down inside of them. And, and again, that job, that career, what that relationship. I wanted to give people some of the principles that I use to help them fight for their dreams. I want to know the secrets that you share with your children to be able to, you know, make an impact like you've made an impact and not, you know, give up. Because as you said, things, I don't know if they ever go as planned. And, and certainly, you know, things will shift with your own children and stuff. So what are you sharing with them to help guide them, you know, while you're here, but also maybe when you're not here? Yeah, that's, that's, I appreciate that question. Uh, number one is to define success for them, for themselves, right? Like I didn't do that early on. I remember sitting at my, at my locker, I get my first check. You get paid in the NFL every single week, 16 weeks. And I'm sitting there getting the first check. I'm like, wow, I get 16 of these, um, which is a, is a terrible, horrible business model for a 21 year old to give them a half a million dollars over the course of 16 weeks. And then they're supposed to, anyway, but I'm sitting there and I'm content. David, I'm content. Next thing you know, Carlos Dansby, uh, a veteran locker, calls me up to his locker and he shows me his check. Now, one of his checks is greater than my whole salary combined. And instantly I became discontent. What that showed me was I never defined what success was. There's always going to be more money to make. There's always going to be another uh, uh, hill to climb, another obstacle, another challenge. But for me, I had to define what success is for me. And so for my kids, that's the number one thing, whether it's a sport, whether it's a school project, what is success for you? Define that now. Because don't get to the end of that thing and you're sitting there thinking, oh, I wish I would have done this. No, no, no. We're going to define that early. Number one. Number two, we're going to write it down and put it somewhere. I have things all around me. I believe in, in having something that you can tangibly look to. For me, it was in the fourth grade, I wrote down on a sheet of paper, I wanted to play football. And I would take carry that thing around with me everywhere. So one, defining success. Two, writing it down and seeing it on a daily basis in the morning before you go to sleep, programming that. Three, I'm a firm believer that success leaves clues. Studying others, being a student of not just your craft, but of others. When I was in the, the hospital for years being out, I, I searched the internet, YouTube, bookstores, any of the greatest comeback stories ever. I searched and I read and I, and I, and I took lessons and, and became inspired by those. So who, who are you studying and being a student of that? And then lastly, combining yourself with those and communities and holding, you know, making sure that I'm surrounding them with people. Dad's not always going to be right. You're going to need somebody outside of my voice 
who can pour into you, who can speak into you, who knows who you are, where you're going, who can also keep you on that path. So those, those are a few things. Awesome, Tim. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, Tim, you had a dream and attained it not once. Hero. Tim Hightower, former running back, Arizona, New Orleans, Washington, executive, Washington commanders, and author of, make sure again that you get his book, author of A Dream Worth Fighting For. You could reach him going to Instagram, Twitter, Tim Hightower. This has been David Kogan with the Alliance's Hero Show. But you got to dance with me too, Tim. That's part of it. Well, dance on the field. How's that?